Welcome everyone to the Queensbury Chronicles. Join us as we delve into the latest trends, share our experiences and provide actionable advice to help you thrive in the business world. On the show, we'll be interviewing successful business owners, sharing valuable knowledge from our team of experts and giving you exclusive access to all things Queensbury. So, tune in and embark on a journey of discovery with Queensbury as your trusted companion. Hello everyone and welcome to the Queensbury Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Naylor, and I'm thrilled to be here with you today. In this episode, as is the first podcast, it makes sense that we get the managing partners on for a little interview. So welcome Richard and Sarah. Thank you very much for taking some time out of your very busy schedule, I can imagine, to come and speak with me today. Hi Dan. Great to see you. Thank you. Fantastic. Um, We're going to have a little informal chat around how Queensbury started, uh, sort of ins and outs of the business on a day-to-day schedule, and then maybe have a little bit of fun with some questions at the end as well. But to really kick things off, um, I'm interested to know, like, how did Queensbury start? You know, how did it it go from just an idea to all of a sudden a a business with so many different services? So originally, um, back in 2015, I was working for an immigration firm and doing some business plans on the side and just saw really that um, there was a need for, you know, helping clients a little bit more. There was a sort of a business there and started to think about, you know, um, how to do immigration, how to do, how to help people really set up in the UK mm-hmm. when they came from overseas. So that worked really well for a couple of years, but when... I was really looking at it, it needed to expand. Mm-hmm. There was just so much that clients really needed, really wanted help with. So we were doing their accounts, we were doing their business plans, but they needed help with other aspects. So one of the things that really clients did want was help doing their projects. So having known Sarah for a long time uh, and knowing that um, she worked really well in the, the projects and, and it seemed really a good idea to try and persuade Sarah to join the firm. So that Take a while. Actually, yeah, it, did, <laughs> um, it, it was really about you know knowing that Sarah was the right person to come and help me to, to develop this into something a lot better. And um, yeah, so in 2018, 2018, finally managed to persuade Sarah to uh, to I leave. was scared. That was the problem. <laughs> I was scared what? of... I was in a corporate world. Mm-hmm. I had a whole massive big corporate company, global mm-hmm. company, mm-hmm. all the infrastructure, other people doing sales. There was no pressure to actually to actually go out and win the work, as in the pressure was there, but it was like a career pressure mm-hmm. rather than a individual, oh my God, I've got to pay the bills pressure. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't there. So I was just scared. And every time Richard and I sat down and talked for about a year before I actually made the jump, <laughs> We would sit and we'd start off the conversation. It'd be really cool and I'd be really excited. And then I would get to a point where you would start talking about um, like who we were going to target and how I was going to win business. And and then I just started getting like a full imposter syndrome <laughs> thing. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And then the more you talked about your clients and the more you were saying, well, actually, um, it's really galling to hand a client over to someone else to go and implement their thing, launching a product or building something. And 
I started getting a bit excited that maybe maybe I could do that then. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could do that together. Yeah, absolutely. And you said your clients were really nice, <laughs> which they were. So what, what what was the sort of like turning point for you? Because you must have looked at him gone, you're a bit of a madman with a uh, business idea coming coming to me. I have a really good job. I'm really settled. Like, what was it that made you go, do you know what? I'm actually going to give this a go. And, you know, this is something that I really want to do. It was um, it was a little bit forced. Mm-hmm. So we'd been talking for about a year, hadn't we? Yeah. And... Um, I think I was coming around to the idea anyway, but then um, the business that I was working for decided to move our head office, the office that I was in, uh, up to Birmingham. And I was going to have to commute every day to Birmingham with two young children. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't going to work. So it was forced. But actually, sometimes I think a lot of entrepreneurs get this, where they just get pushed into doing something they wanted to do anyway. Mm So, yeah, that's what happened, really. And I, I thought my last day, I ended the day and then I came around and signed my partnership agreement with Richard <laughs> on the same day, literally that <laughs> afternoon. It was a big day, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, no, perfect. Um, yeah, because what I really want to know, guys, because people will listen to this podcast and they want to know, like, what can I get out of it? Now, we're going to go on to the ins and outs of some business advice that we can give to our listeners, but... I think it's really important they understand like just briefly some of the services that you offer because people will probably listen to this and go, well, I've not really heard of Queensbury like in terms of like a, a bigger global scale. I don't really know what they do. So I'm interested to know like what, what is it that you offer just on like a really sort of condensed sort of scale? Because I know you I know you both do a lot. You're both very busy. I think it's important to carry on that journey, you know, that story, because once Sarah joined, we looked at how our clients needed help. And we sat there and thought, actually, we could just continue to add services on. And the idea really was that we didn't want our clients going to anybody else. We wanted to provide a service to them where it was just another person in the office. So once we sort of integrated the project and we'd started to sort of get some traction in that, um, we then thought, well, we might as well do the immigration ourselves. So don't farm that out to another law firm. And we... Sort of got ourselves registered to do immigration only. And we got a, a, a brilliant person, Pav, to come on board. And um, it was very clear that we could do more. We could just sort of do a lot more. And we sort of made a, a, a promise to Pav that if we made this work, we'd become a, a law firm and we'd apply for, for regulation. And we did that. And the and pandemic actually really helped us in that it did. regard, didn't it? It did. Sadly, because it gave... Yeah. You know, there's a lot of negatives about the pandemic, but actually the positives that we take out of it is that we were able to have the time to pull that application together and really uh, understand everything that we needed to understand around our compliance, our strategy, relook at our business plan um, and just really make that a really fantastic application that and and it's a really long process to become a law firm Mm -hmm. as um, lots of people will know (laughs) and and, you know during the pandemic we actually expanded so Mm -hmm. we started to employ people so there were the three of us to start with and then we had some admin support and some project support and slowly we we sort of added additional people we got a paralegal in and uh, we had a researcher at that point and what it was really it was just making sure that what our clients wanted we were there to help with 
And again, with the, with the journey, it was more around, well, actually, we need to be where our clients are. So, you know, over the last, you know, five, eight years, whichever way you want to look at it, we suddenly went, actually, let's be in Dubai. Let's actually look at how we set an office up. And it's not as complicated mm. as you would think. And actually being in that market means that we're actually where people, mm-hmm. you know, were, were living. They didn't need to come to the UK necessarily. They were in, we were with them in their hometown. And that's why we set up in, in China as well and into Spain. And we just went where the clients were so that we were really trying to service what they needed. And over time, I think we've kind of got that right. We don't open huge offices and 20 people or that. No, we are, we open small offices with a staff that we can then expand. Mm. Mm. And when the clients come and when we're expanding with the clients, then we add more people into those offices. Mm-hmm. But I mean, our services, it's always really remained the same in terms of trying to provide a rounded service to our clients. So yeah, we do the accounting, we can do um, the strategic advisory, we're a law firm. We can do all aspects of law. Um, we do the projects and anything in between. If we can't do it, we've got a network of people who can help us. That must be like, that's, it's really interesting because that's so much stuff that you've got into like almost like one company. It's really interesting. You must be really busy like all the time. That's our strap line though, isn't it? <laughs> that our, not the busy bit, but the fact that our difference mm-hmm. and our point of difference is our client strengths. Yeah. You know, we they they don't have to have loads of different advisors. They can come to us and we say yes. And if it's not us personally doing it or like our team in our business doing it, then we have associates, we have other really amazing people in our network that we trust and will we know will deliver the service the same as level as we would. Mm-hmm. So it means that you know, we can be assured that we can give that client an end-to-end service. We can hold their hand through pretty much anything they're going through, starting up, growing, expanding to different jurisdictions, growing their team, and even closing their business, you know, Mm -hmm. if they need to and they want to go that way. And we do lots of sort of individual help as well with the immigration work. You know, a lot of that is individual people coming to us. What we find is... Somebody will come to us with a need, a very specific need. They want to do something very particular or they want a very finite piece of work doing for them. And once they get our service and they start to get to know us because we build our relationships with our clients, they're not just clients where we service them and then they go. These are people that a lot of our clients are people we've had for years and years and years and years. They stay with us because we become their trusted advisor. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to go to lots of different people. So they know if they come to us, they're going to get good quality advice. We're going to care about them. We're passionate about what they're passionate about. We genuinely want them to succeed. And we want them to achieve what they're trying to achieve. We're not doing it for our own gain. We'd rather have diverse, enjoyable work than, you know, making loads and loads of money really quickly. And... You know, we've invested a lot back into our business and into yeah. our staff and into what we what we're trying to do and um, and grow more organically. We we haven't really done a lot of marketing, very yeah, barely very any good. marketing. It's um, mostly referrals. It's all referrals, yeah, and and yeah, word of mouth really. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think yeah. um, I think the key word out there for me is, is is trust, and I think it's because a lot of these people are, are coming to you with their ideas and and they wanna they wanna make something happen. And I think just listening to you do talk, then it sounds like a really sort of like like a family sort of thing, if you know what I mean, in the sense of when they come to you, you almost take them on board as like a member of your family. You really look after them, and you just it's more about wanting them to succeed over helping you guys grow if that makes sense i think that's i think it's massively important for anybody who's looking to come and trust you guys with with their ideas and go to you for your service if anything we certainly take on their stress don't we (laughs) (laughs) we get as stressed as they do about like making sure something's going to happen getting things through on time you know yeah especially when it's immigration stuff because it's so personal yeah and you've got their family and their children and um, I think that, and also when it's your business, because we are entrepreneurs, they, this is our business, so we know how they feel mm-hmm. and we know how important it is, these little things and these little milestones and getting over problems. Mm-hmm. We know how it feels to have those challenges and then overcome those challenges and like the success and sort of jubilation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think one of our core offerings is the incubator, business incubator. And a lot of that has been driven by people coming from overseas to the UK. And when you come to the UK, pretty much they don't know how it works. And and it's a very different environment. And they need a lot of help. So you become very invested in not just the person and the business, but the family Mm -hmm. and everything else. And and you you need to remember that a lot of how we grow is dictated by what our clients need. Mm -hmm. So recently, we've just launched an education program. And... That is because clients have come and said, I'd like to get my kid into a private school. Mm-hmm. I would like to get my you know, young adult into a university. So we go out, we look at that and say, can we do this? And generally, we give it a go. And, and you know, I'm a bit flippant, but absolutely, we get regulated. We, we make sure that we have the right staff involved and then we get that done. So there is a huge amount invested into mm-hmm. our clients. And yeah, we do want to money that's part of why we're here but of course it is around you know making sure that the the people who we look after are actually getting the best service and are we're available to them Mm -hmm. and the beauty of us you know in the structure that we've got and the entrepreneurial spirit between the two of us although we've both got very very different um like backgrounds and service lines in terms of specialities we both are very similar in that if we see an opportunity, so one of us will say, I want to do this new harebrained scheme. <laughs> and we go, cool, how's that going to work? And then we have a little chat about it. And then we just go, let's go for it. And we try it. And sometimes stuff hasn't worked. Like we're not sat here on a bed of roses going like, yeah, everything we've done. Every idea has come off. And yeah, brilliant. yeah, totally. It's been all awesome. It really hasn't. It's been hard work. There's been loads of challenges. There's stuff we wish we hadn't done. There's stuff we've yeah. taken massive learns from yeah. doing and failing. But that's how you grow. It's that's so how you grow, important. isn't it? That's how we can tell our clients as well. We've done it. We've made some mistakes. And we can help them to understand that, you know, if you do make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You learn why it happened and what you need to do and then make sure you don't do it again. I was going to come on to that, actually, because I think the whole point of this podcast, yes, is to give an insight to, to Queens with what they do, but it's... Uh, to give people little bits of advice on how that they can start their own uh, business or like put their ideas um, into play and stuff. And I want to ask you both, um, because one thing that came up there, which is really interesting is you keep saying that, you know, like you know, we've been through, we've got the experience and want to give our clients those experiences. So just briefly, if 
let's say I came to you with this this idea. I wanted to set up my company. I had a brilliant idea. You thought, yeah, fantastic. We're going to help you. What little bits of advice would you give me? Because there'll be people sat here listening with the same in the same position. They'll be going, I've got this idea, but I don't really know where to where to start. Sort of. So, what advice would you give them? You know, if they were coming to you with that idea. I think if we're looking at you know generic advice, it's about planning. It's mm-hmm. about really thinking about what you want to do. Doesn't mean you have to write a fifty-page report. It's just, what am I going to do? Who am I trying to target? How much is it going to cost? And how am I going to market it? Mm. Just in very basic terms. There's a lot to it. You you can talk to to people who will you know do various different things as well. But that's the core aspect. You know, what's your product? And we can sit with clients. Well, we do all the time. We sit with clients and we help them refine it. We never tell them what to do. We just say, you know, how is it going to work for you? What do you think, you know, um, you need to do? Mm-hmm. And we can then help. So the advice that we give is not telling. We, ju- we don't sit there and go, you need to do this. We work as a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It has to be. And we do our advice and help them to sort of develop. So when you're sort of starting out, it really is thinking about what you want to do mm-hmm. and how it works, who's your market, um, how much you're going to sell it for, and how you get it out there. You know, there's a lot of channels now to do that. And mm. I would just say as well, just it's we always try and get them to start. So we would get you to start at the smallest first step. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think that they need to, if they're selling a product, they need to have made, you know, a million units of the product before they actually go and start selling it. And actually, our model has always been, and, and this is where we use our expertise, our experience, sorry, as well as our expertise, to um, advise them is to say, well, just put your toe in the water. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, who's your target audience? As Richard said, like, who are you trying to sell this to? Maybe go and talk to them about, I've got this new product. What would you think to this new product? Then you can refine your product even before you've started manufacturing it. Or, you know, I've got this new service offering. Okay, well, go and talk to the people that you might be trying to sell it to and, you know, speak to them about what you're trying to offer as a service and see what is out there in the market and just start small. If you can get one piece of work, brilliant, you've got one piece of work, you've suddenly got a case study. Mm. Then you get two pieces of work Mm -hmm. and they will refer you, people will refer you on or... You know, those sort of things. You, you literally, this is what we've done in every market we've gone into. We've started small. We've we've tested the water a bit. We've, we've gone out. We've tried to win one piece of work. And that's all we will always, always do in our model, in our business planning, in our financial planning is always go, we just got one piece of work from there, one piece of work from there, one piece of work from there. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, oh, that's quite a good bit of revenue then. And... You know, once you've done one bit of work, one, you've got confidence, two, you've got a case study, and then three, you've got somebody you've done a good job for that's going to go and recommend you to their friends and family or whoever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's about using your cash wisely. Mm-hmm. Generally, when you start up, you don't have a lot of money. And, you know, we've seen clients in the past want to set up an office, get it all sorted, employ people without actually having your product out there. And... You know, you don't need to do that. You, you need to get um, everything in order. Let's say, use your cash wisely 
and then expand when you know that you get new clients. So it's just about thinking. Have the plan first, isn't it? Yeah. And um, one thing as well I wanted to touch on because it seems quite a trend at the moment to go off and, and you know, go work for yourself and set this up. And I think it could be quite daunting for people, especially like the fear of, of failure. And I know, Sarah, you spoke about how you guys have tried things that, that have worked really well and you've tried things that haven't worked very well. Um, so I suppose the thing I want to know is, is then like, how did you, well, what did you learn most from those failures, from the, the projects that you tried or the, you know, things that you went off and did that didn't quite work and you had to learn from? What did you learn the most out of that? I think for me personally, I'm sure it's probably you as well, but for me personally, it was about getting the right people around you. So when you, when you get the right people around you and you do your due diligence on those people and then you have a trust doing something again really small with them and it might be one one piece of advice or a bit of mentoring or something like that and then stick with those people you know that's what we kind of say with our clients as well what we want our clients to be in the position of is that they know that they can trust us that we'll we'll we will be there for them and we'll hold their hands through through things because a lot of what we've done mistakes wise has been putting our trust into things really early on, you know, yeah. like really going in all all bells and whistles. And then, you know, you get let down and it causes you heartache as well as frustration. Yeah, and, you know, obviously then, you know, it hasn't worked. So you have to pick yourself back up. Um, yeah, I think as well, I mean, we have over the, however many years it's been, we have a tried and trusted methodology. Mm-hmm. We've stuck to it. And it's worked, and it's worked really well. And to be fair, when it hasn't worked, is when we deviated. Yeah. (laughs) When we didn't Hmm. follow our own plan, it then sort of became unstuck. Yeah. And that's the point where it's like, you know, we know what we're doing, we know it works, just keep doing it. People can come in and distract you, can't they? They can come in with a shiny (laughs) thing and you go, oh, cool, yeah, let's go do that. Oh, that Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, it's not not really what I was doing, but yeah, cool, cool, we'll do that. And again, (laughs) you're so right. If That's what a lot of people will get sort of distracted from the core of what they try to do and like what was important to them right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And if they stick with that and don't get distracted then yeah you you, you definitely will be not yeah. going to not make mistakes but you'll mm-hmm. definitely be on the right track something as well that's coming to mind is i wanted to ask about this because a lot of the time especially at a new business startup you've got to put a lot of time and a lot of investment into it not just like financially but yourself you've got to put so much time into it now you're both obviously family people you've got you've got family around you how do you balance putting that hard work in with having a family and making sure that you still have that that life outside the business. <laughs> well, I, I could say that you just employ them all. <laughs> you see them. Um, but I think it's difficult because, you know, the balance is difficult to do. There are some times when, um, you know, they're, they're just, you don't have the time. Mm-hmm. You have to concentrate on doing the business mm-hmm. because that's the future. That's everything that you've kind of, putting in and, and wanting in a few years' time for it to be your retirement. Um, and well, everybody has to sacrifice a little bit. So yeah. the people in the family, you know, starting a business is no mean feat. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just starting, but starting a business is difficult. Mm-hmm. Running a bis- business that's sustainable is so hard. Yeah, That's the bit. After the two years 
or the, like the first year is a little bit buoyant. It's mm-hmm. all new. Everyone's like, yeah, this is exciting. Everyone's really supportive in your network. Cause they're like, oh, this you've got a new business started out on your own. Awesome. Let's meet for coffee. Let's do this, you know, and everything. After a year, it's like so year two is difficult because yeah. that's when you really got to be, the graft's got to be there. Is that honeymoon period? Sort the honeymoon's of like kind of gone, yeah. yeah. Everybody's sort of like heard about you now. Yeah, they're like, like oh, They've done yeah. the first bit of like, well done, that's great. Yeah. Then you want to actually sell to those people and mm-hmm. like that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then year three is, I mean, we, it's difficult for us because from the starting point of me and you, yeah. we then had the pandemic. So, you know, we had two years and then year three was 2020. Yeah, boom, everything changed, didn't it? And so, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, right. Uh, no one knows how to do business <laughs> what, now, what do do they? What do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, luckily for us, I had a, a public sector client and, and uh, you know, in emergency services. Mm. So that for us meant that we had a sort of consistent um, revenue stream coming in for us to keep us going um, if other things were up and down. So other things might be fluctuating depending on, obviously a lot of stuff was around people moving from other jurisdictions. Well, um, yeah, not a lot happened in that. <laughs> but like, so then so then we concentrated on other things. So where we, we had this little consistent revenue that kept us going and enabled us to do a bit more, um, you know, obviously we employed a couple of people and things like that to help us. We were able to do our, various like accreditations and getting kind of our, our law firm states and things like that so we didn't stop during that time working hard but I think the like I say it's this it's the sustainability of the business it, and so coronavirus meant we were at home most of the time yeah but actually you were still working a lot of mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. So even though I'd be sat in the office, you'd be sat in your cube. Did you have a cube at that point? Yeah. <laughs> cube yeah. in the garden. Cube in the garden. Um, we would be, you know, you'd be sat there for hours and hours and hours and hours. So you wouldn't be there, even though you were at home, you wouldn't be there to like be making dinner and stuff like that still. You'd still be up there going, oh yeah, I'll just kind of, in fact, it was easier to say, oh yeah, I'll be down in a minute. Yeah. And three hours later, you're still there. Yeah. Um, but certainly like the people around you and, your partners and stuff like that they need to know that yeah. there is going to be sacrifices but hopefully we get to a point in the business where it has become sustainable because you've got you know everything is kind of a bit more even you you've gone through the terminalist few year first few years and you know that's when things start to become a bit more enjoyable you're able to be a bit more part of the family but it's it's a couple of years out mm-hmm. of what is potentially you know 20 30 years of you having a business or coming up to your retirement and having good money when you mm-hmm. retire because you've got that legacy in your business. And was there a moment for you two where, and obviously you're still trying to grow and expand it, but was there a moment where you both sort of looked at each other and went, do you know what, we've made this work. Like the business is sustainable now. Or like, was there an actual, was there a specific point where you looked at it and thought, do you know, we <laughs> we joke quite a bit that we never have that ta-da moment. Mm-hmm. We don't. Yeah. So whenever something works, we just move on to the next thing. We go, yay, that's great. Right, what's the <laughs> Go make a cup of coffee and then back at it. <laughs> and we ought to celebrate a little bit more about yeah. what we do. You know, the team is really good and they do some great work and, and you know, we encourage them to, to, to do everything that they can. And some of the things that we've done, we do need to, to celebrate. Mm-hmm. But... The fact that we're still here and we are growing, um, 
I think is testament that we've got yeah, the right we've made it work. work. Yeah, we have we've made, made it, work. it work. Maybe and this is the moment, Dan. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to end off the show today. I think like this year we've had lots of really good uh, snippets of what listeners can expect to come in the next few episodes, but I really want to delve deeper into learning more about you too. So <laughs> I've got a few questions that I want to ask now, not really businessy related, but I think it's good to like to see and learn more about you too, because I expect we're going to hear from more, more from you in the future episode. So here we go. Questions to both of you now. Uh, if Queensbury were a TV sitcom, what actors would play you two? And what do you reckon the tagline would be for the show? I'll give you a second to think. I'd want it to be Jennifer Aniston. Not for you, obviously. I guess it's a different time because sometimes it feels like faulty towers. It really does. Um, but other times, you know, it, it's it's really super positive. So I don't know. I'm not sort of saying I should be John Cleave, but um, yeah, it's a difficult one. That you're faulty towers. I'm going Friends. Yeah, okay. yeah. Here we go. And I'm interested about this one. Have you ever had an unusual client request or an idea that's just made you go, mm, I don't know, I'm not too sure about that one. Oh, we, we couldn't say, oh yeah, we've had. <laughs> Look, I don't the, think we can say. Oh, we're not going to break any guys. GDPR no, uh, no. So the, the laws or anything is, for you, don't worry. You have to commend everybody for coming up with some fantastic ideas in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, the, the, the people that we have dealt with have come up with some brilliant ideas. Some of them have been really interesting. Bonkers? In of, a little bit yeah. out there. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah. like, you, don't, you don't want to actually put anybody down, and that's not about it. I mean, the, the ideas that we thought, actually, we, we just can't do anything with this. They've still been good ideas for somebody else. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I think what I get is people come up with some absolutely amazing things, even random, mm -hmm. which would be great, but... There's a lot of them we can't take on. No. That's, that's what's great about those. It? Like you do get some that make you go, hmm, I'm not sure about that. But then you get some that you look, you must look at them and go, this, this, is, this awesome. is brilliant. Normally when brilliant. it literally goes over our heads, yeah. we go, wow. <laughs> and then you usually get it within good. the first five minutes. Yeah. Of either talking or reading a business plan and you know that this is just going to be phenomenal. And, you know, we have got some amazing clients who are doing some incredibly technical and um, just wonderful things and to be a part of that for us is great because you know we are helping to guide them do you ever feel like the simpler ideas are the best ones like the simple ones where you come out of the meeting for each other and you go why didn't we think of that do you, I feel like they they must be the, the ones There's that work the best surely it is absolutely a lot quite of often we think we we wish we had thought of that, but also we wish we had the skills to do that. Because yeah. a lot of them we're like, wow, that is amazing. We would love to do that, but we are not talented in that realm. <laughs> no, but we are we are talented to help them to oh, develop yeah, their you things. Yeah. And, you know, and just to be around some of the ideas is just amazing. That's the beauty of what we do. It doesn't matter what the sector is. It doesn't matter what country they come from. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where they want to do whatever they want to do and it doesn't matter what their idea is the process that we go through of helping them and the fact that you need to do is listen is they've got all the idea they've got the talent to make it happen 
they've got the um, research and information that they need to know of how to implement it and make it happen. All we do is ask the right questions and give them like, you know, something to lean back on mm-hmm. to say, it's all right, we've got you. And then they come up with all the answers to everything. Sometimes you're just giving them the confidence. Yeah. You're just saying, actually, that's that's how you can do it. And, it, you know, sat with clients and you can see, you know, shifts in their sort of thought process where you, you are sort of going, actually, that's that's the right way to do this. And they brighten up and then they, you know, they've got a lot of vigor and then they move forward and it's brilliant for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just reading this one here. This is brilliant, by the way. Get ready for this one. In a hypothetical Queensbury Olympics. Oh, this God. is brilliant, by the way. Um, which partner or employee would win gold in the following events? Ready? Okay. Chair racing. Chair racing. Chair racing. It's got to be Julia. 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 <laughs> Julia. Uh, coffee brewing. I think this would be. I think people would watch this on TV. By the way, I think I coffee think, brewing. I think coffee oh, we, brewing and chair, and chair racing. We're going to have a TikTok around coffee making and tea making oh, yeah. there's a lot of that in this. I can place. imagine who would do that. I it's got to be Ellen. I was going to say Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody, if any of the Queensbury employees are listening to this, I would come prepared next time you come to the office. You might be asked to do some coffee brewing or chair racing. And the last one on here is paper airplane throwing. Again, I would watch that. I think that's you. Me? Oh, yeah. I can see that. I can see it being really technical. <laughs> yeah, like, that's While everyone I mean. comes out with a really basic one, all of a sudden you've I'll got... I'll be floppy and like... like you know, <laughs> he's throwing it off the top of the ceiling or something. Um, okay, last one, guys. Last one. If you could have any superpower in the world, what would you have and why? Oh, crikey. Um... Wow, you've stumped us there. You must have one, surely. Flying. Flying. I'd want to fly. Flying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would yours be? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not the one being interviewed here, so I don't feel like I should have to You can't get away from it. I think invisibility. I think just having that ability to sort of go wherever you want at any point that you want or time. I think that's, that sounds really cool. I think that could be my one. Brilliant. Any ideas? No, I can't think of anything, to be fair. Um, Maybe we'll save that for a future episode. Yeah. There you go. Leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, I must have cliffhanger. (laughs) Thank you so much both for giving up your time to come in today. It's just like I say, it's a little snippet for the the viewers uh, in terms of what they can expect from future episodes. So again, we're going to dive in deeper in terms of business advice. We're going to look at the... um, the other sort of uh, services that we offer, as well as getting some special guests on as well. So it's really exciting stuff. Um, If you did like the podcast, please make sure to leave us a comment and uh, a like on all of our social media platforms and to keep up to date with any future episodes that will be coming out. Guys, thank you so much again for coming in. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and thank you very much everyone for listening to the Queensbury.